Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod, and this is Star Wars 7x7. We're at episode number 1,630, and, oh, let's see, where to start? Well, <laughs> with the um, comparatively unimportant thing, if you are hearing a low rumbling, a very low rumbling in the background of this episode, well, I, you know, I'll go check the playback to see if it's going to affect anything, but our intern Cato is in the studio and purring up a storm, and I just haven't had the heart to kick him out, so we'll see if it actually shows up on the playback, but... Be that as it may, yeah, that's the uh, the least important of the things that we're going to be talking about on this episode. We're also going to be talking about how Poe Dameron is becoming more and more like Lando Calrissian. But we're also going to talk about the first moves that the Resistance made to try to start drumming up support for their cause in their darkest hour. Now, as you'll recall, of course, the Resistance was decimated at Dakar and in their subsequent fleeing from Dakar. And we know the New Republic Navy was also destroyed when the Hosnian system was destroyed. So, yeah, there's not much left. And Leia sent out Poe's Black Squadron, Sans Poe, to go try to reach out to their allies in the Outer Rim and see if they could get some assistance. Well, their first stop was a planet called Pastoria in the Outer Rim. And they have tremendous fuel resources there, and they also have an influential leader by the name of King Sirach. And so they went to try to talk to the king and see if they could get him to help out. And so he said, well, you know, like I could, but I'm kind of having a problem right now. I've got these upstart terrorist folks trying to encroach on my domain, and I could use a little help with it. You know, maybe just fly a little uh, reconnaissance mission or fly a little sortie so that way they can see that I have powerful friends. And Snap and the rest of the gang in Black Squadron feel like they're being used and they know that, you know, this isn't quite right. But they are thinking to themselves, you know what, this is how it works. You know, this is how this guy has gotten to be so influential because he gets people to do things for him all the time. They do it. Turns out that they get suckered and they are actually flying into enemy territory and the enemies, the terrorists, if you will, are only trying to defend their territory and so they start shooting and so naturally the you know shooting war begins and whatnot and even though black squadron only does you know the basic thing that they need to do which is you know return you know uh, i was going to say repel or deter and tried to say return at the same <laughs> to combine them both at once so they do just the minimum that they try to do but unfortunately the ships that they're escorting for this king sirach decide nope we're not going to let it up we're actually going to go after these people and it turns out that king sirach had found out about a uh a transport ship that was carrying his chief rival, and so that's where they sent the um, you know, this sortie with the Black Squadron folks helping out. And so, yeah, that's a real unfortunate situation, and the Black Squadron folks feel like they've been betrayed and used and whatnot, and they're thinking to themselves, well, okay, well, you know, at least let's get what we need to get out of this and be done with it. And King Serox says, well, I'll give you guys fuel, but I'm not helping the resistance. Are you kidding me? You're doomed. There's no way this is going to work out for you. And I'm just going to accept the fact that the First Order has taken over things, and I'm not going to help the resistance at all. So their first attempt goes very badly, you might say.
And the way that Poe Dameron finds out about this is that there's apparently a set of communication satellites that the Resistance either has seeded in various places throughout the galaxy or is able to hack and, you know, lay their signals inside these communication satellites without being detected, or at least so it seems. But this particular ComSat that relayed the signal for, you know, this particular situation to Poe, uh, it was near First Order space, and it's possible that the First Order picked up on it and that it's been destroyed. But it was just Pava who sent the message and who was detailing in mission logs what they had done so far and what happened on Pastora. So, Pastoria, excuse me. So, that is how ultimately the Resistance found out at least about this first failed effort to try to drum up support for the Resistance in the Outer Rim. Now, as far as why Poe is becoming more and more like Lando Calrissian, well, it really has nothing to do with the efforts that the Resistance, is, you know, is making, are making, the members of the Resistance are making to drum up support and resources to get them, you know, back into fighting shape. And so I'll tell you what the Lando thing is in just a moment here. I just want to say before we wrap up the show. That, of course, I hope you're subscribing to it, and if you're not, I hope you'll consider doing that. I also hope you'll join the community at patreon.com slash SW7X7 and support this daily dose of Star Wars joy for you. And this is what I want to share with you about the Lando thing. Well, in addition to the fact that, you know, there was sort of a... a I guess you would almost call it a meet-cute between Poe and Rey at the end of The Last Jedi. And, you know, before you get up in arms about, well, you know, what does that mean? Like, it was basically a scene that was going to appear in The Force Awakens and didn't make it into the movie, but it made it into the novelization. It's almost exactly the same scene for all intents and purposes. So, you know, we've talked about how Poe and Rey were catching each other up on each other's stories and and Poe, you know, now talks about Ray as his torture buddy, which is a little awkward <laughs> to say the least. But, you know, he's not necessarily making any overt overtures toward her, but, you know, he can't help but be suave. And now he's taken another page out of Lando's book, and that is to take Han Solo's clothing for himself. This has a little bit, you know, more of a of a depressing <laughs> aspect to it because Han is dead now. It's not like Lando was stealing Han's clothes when Han was dead. He was just encased in carbonite and, you know, he just needed a change of clothes. I guess Poe needed a change of clothes too because in the Poe Dameron comic series, in this particular issue that we're talking about, which I believe is issue 29, we get to see Poe Dameron wearing the jacket and shirt that Han Solo wore in The Empire Strikes Back. So, yeah, Han's wardrobe... You know, I never would have said that Han was a real clothes horse or anything like that, but apparently he's doing well enough in the wardrobe where you know, even you know, even a clothes horse like Lando, even somebody who really cares about fashion, would be borrowing from Han. And now Poe Dameron, who you know doesn't necessarily seem to be swayed by fashion one way or the other, now he's taken on Han's outfits too. And that is going to do it for today's episode of the show. Thank you again so much for joining me for it. And of course, may the Force be with you, wherever in the world you may be. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the Force be with them. All original content is copyright 2018, Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.